we're, we're going to continue to share this, uh, this vision and talk about these things, about a real people, real God, real difference. And, uh, but today I want to dial in on real vision. All right. I wanted you to, to, to talk a little bit about it. it's not really our vision statement. All right. Real vision. But I want to talk to you about the subject matter of vision. Now, how many of you here today think that you're pretty um, observant? OK, yeah, that's all right. You know, it's not an arrogant thing. All right. Some of you are more observant than others. All right. Uh, I, I was out and I was walking around both uh, pre-service and in the, in the cafe. I ran through there and such like that. But and, I, and uh, I've, I've, I'm a little bit. Uh, dressed a little bit different today, but it's just in a little thing. Does anyone can anyone tell me about something that's a little bit different? I you can see that back there. How many of you literally really noticed that? Raise your hand if that was you. Look at you. You have vision. You can see that I have two different shoes on. They're both black shoes, though. But with different soles, right? My goodness, it's the real deal. You are the real deal here today, all right? One of them's a tie shoe. Oh, that's probably what brought your attention to it, right? Not the color on it, yeah. But, you know, it's, it, it just kind of feels a little bit different. Anyone ever do that before? Not on, pur not on purpose? <laughs> all right, you don't have to tell on yourself. I want to talk to you about vision. There was a, a Supreme Court justice by the name of Oliver Wendell Holmes. He was 88 years old. He found himself on a train, and the conductor called for tickets. But Justice Holmes could not find his ticket, and he was terribly upset by this. He searched his pockets and fumbled through his wallet without success, and the conductor, who wanted to be sympathetic to him, knowing who he was, says, don't worry, Mr. Holmes, he said. The Pennsylvania Railroad will be happy to trust you. I'm sure that when you reach your destination, you'll probably find the ticket and you can mail it to us then. Now, the conductor, whose kindness was very obvious, all right, did not put Holmes at ease at all. He said, my dear man, my problem is not where is my ticket, it is where am I going? You ever been in that spot? You've been on a train, you've been in a car, you've been somewhere, you're just like walking along and you, you think that you know where you're going and then you, you kind of pass something. Come on. You've been driving down the road, you meant to get off at a previous exit and guess what? You drove right by it. We'll blame it on talking, right? That's what I've done. I was just talking. I wasn't thinking. I wasn't, whatever it was, right? But well, sometimes we are in motion without vision. And in motion without vision creates accidents. <laughs> it causes for us to have problems, does it not? I want you, all right, and some of you have been part of the church for a long time, so you've, you've heard messages on vision. So we're going to do two things. We're going to pray, first of all, that the Lord will help you get excited about vision, all right? Secondly, I want you to get ready because I'm going to ask you to do something seemingly impossible, and that is that you're going to close your eyes for three-plus minutes and not fall asleep. And you are going to envision with some words that are going to be given to you, all right? So I'm telling you about right now. I, I need the Lord's help right now. Lord Jesus, I come to you right now because 
We're, we are embarking upon a journey as a church, and we are expecting for you to, to produce results, to, to help us to make a difference, God. We recognize, Lord, that you didn't just call us together to sing Kumbaya. That not be uh, uh, activated and involved in building and seeing your kingdom expanded. So, Lord, help us over the course of the next number of weeks and months and years, Lord, that we would embrace the vision that you have for us at Central. I pray in Jesus' name that in these next few moments you will help us to get excited about vision and, and vision for not just Central, but vision for our lives on an individual basis. Because, Lord, some of us are stuck. I think there's some of us, Lord, who are just stuck. We feel stuck in life, and, and we can't kind of get ahead. We don't feel like we're, 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 we're in stride. We don't feel like we're making any ground. I pray in Jesus' name that you will help us, God, to break out of that rut and to be able to move forward. In Jesus' name we declare it. Amen. Amen. Hey, close your eyes and go ahead and look at your neighbor and give him a poke, all right? So get ready. I want you to listen now to this motivational message on vision. Close your eyes if you would with me, please. Just close your eyes and pray with me. Helen Keller said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight, but no vision. Could there be anything worse than going through life without any direction, without any passion, without purpose, without vision. Decide what you're going to do. Decide who you are going to be. Write it down and do whatever it takes to make it come true. That is your vision. That is your purpose. Your vision gives you reason Reason to get out of bed every morning. Reason to grind. Reason to do what everyone else is unwilling to do. No successful human has ever reached any great heights without having a clear vision of their future. Back your vision with a relentless burning desire to achieve at all costs. Your vision must be strong, powerful, and make you feel completely uncomfortable. If your vision is in your comfort zone, that is not your vision. No fulfilled life is lived in a comfort zone. Push yourself. Push yourself to live the life you want to live. No shortcuts. No cop-outs. You think big, you dream big, and you get big. Your vision should be something you love to do. Don't chase the money. Do what you love and the money will chase you. It's a universal law. Add value, get rewarded. Don't ask where the money will come from. Ask yourself how you can add value to the lives of others. Make sure you add that value, and money will flow in your life so fast, you won't know what to do with it. It is about time you made things happen. 
turn your vision into reality. You deserve it. Never settle, never accept anything else. You gotta believe you are here for a purpose. Why are you here? Don't wait until the end to realize you never did what you wanted to do. Don't wait until it's too late to understand life is short and you only get one shot to make it. Take risks, listen to your heart, trust your vision. Never forget you can have, be, and do anything. You are a powerful creator. Mm. You can open your eyes now. I'm not sure what visions were popping in your mind as those words were being spoken. Obviously, it wasn't a faith-based only type of message. It had secular applications. But how many of you know that we're supposed to be <laughs> a real people? Living with real faith in the real world, in the real time. And the issues that were spoke about in that motivational message, they touched me. The stuff about money touched me. The stuff that said that do what I'm passionate about. Don't worry about not having the money. The money will follow the passion. Can you imagine if the church began to operate that way rather than saying, well, I feel called to this ministry, but I don't have the money. If we had the money, we would do this or we would do that. And we begin to list off a bunch of different things. And but we got this if, if, if stuff and we don't have this. This is what the Lord is speaking to us to do and letting him bring to pass what needs to be brought to pass. Amen. You see, vision will drive us to be risk takers. Vision will cause for us to be individuals who who will, yes, dream dreams and individuals who will not yet realize the the resources that we have need of in order to get things done. But at the right moment in time, vision, if we have vision, if we get clear vision, it will help us to make a difference. I want to tell you something, the scriptures support this thought about vision and one of the most familiar passages of scripture that we can find in vision is found in Proverbs chapter 29 verse number 18 many of you will know it from the 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 traditional King James version and it says what where there is no vision what people perish I want to show it to you in the amplified version it says where there is no vision and those editors of the Amplified write this, no redemptive revelation of God. That's their, that's their definition there in, in studying the Hebrew there and, and, and taking a look uh, of what vision actually is. It says the people perish, but he who keeps the law, or that is of God, which includes that of man, blessed or happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which includes that a man blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is he. Individuals who will look at him and say, how is it that you are getting it done? Well, because I have vision. 
Now, the problem with a number of us is not so much that we sometimes don't have vision, but we don't have a strategy and a plan in place to see vision come to pass. We make a clear distinction between a dream and a vision, and there are. One usually is when you're awake, and the other one is kind of when you're sleeping. But, but both of them kind of have a, a futuristic type of thing about them, something you have not yet realized. Dreams, we wonder if it was pepperoni pizza, though, right? <laughs> that we had the night before. We don't really want to put too much credibility or stock into some of those things because, I mean, come on, we, we, we've got some high and lofty goals. We, some of us are living a fantasy world. How many remember that, that, that show Fantasy Island? All right, we yeah, dated a bunch of you, all right? <laughs> a little island where people would pay all kinds of money to come. Travel there from thousands of miles away, and and they, the, the 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 people of the island set things up so certain events would happen in their life, and they could live out their fantasy. And many of the times, the fantasy ended up in showing and them having and having a relationship and true love or true fulfillment, and and sometimes the fantasy that they had led them down a different path than where they thought it was going to take them thing with vision is that God clearly has a plan for us. Now, our mission statement here at Central, all right, is that we we exist, all right, to lead people into authentic, life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And as we're doing that, that's our mission. That's like the that's like the, the Matthew 28 commission. You know what? The great commission. That's what it says. Go and make disciples. Baptize everybody in the name of Jesus, right? That's what he says, the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He says, I want you to go make disciples. And, and oh, by the way, he says, I want you to have, right, a vision for this actually become a reality. Sometimes we just wait for everything to drop right in our lap before we actually take action, before we actually get excited, before we'll actually move. There's some entrepreneurs in this place. Some individuals whom have stepped out in, in, in faith. They've stepped out and taken risk. And, and I w- I'm sure they would love to say that every time they've stepped out, it's been successful. But it doesn't happen that way every time. But for those who are willing to step out, for those who are willing to say, you know what, I'm going to take a risk. I believe that the Lord is leading me in this way. The more times that they're willing to take a risk and trust in God. I didn't say bet on God. All right. It could have said that because that'd be a sure win. But I'm 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 those of us that will truly trust God and believe that he will come across. All right. At just the right moment in time. Then that is a surefire win every single time. It's like, well, it doesn't always turn out the way in which I want, and I don't have the outcome of the things that I had either prayed for or expected. But this I know, that my God is a loving God, and that when I will go and seek him, the Bible says that he will be found. I want to draw your attention to another passage in Scripture. It's found in Habakkuk, back in the Old Testament, chapter 2, verse 1. We find the prophet here talking about the importance of getting close to the Lord, to be able to hear the, hear the vision and hear the direction. But he, he, he says this, and God says this, because the word of God is inspired. He says, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. 
Now, to me, that's just somebody is just doing whatever they're supposed to do. They're their ordinary everyday duty. How many of you, you know, we're waiting for the moment. Too many people are waiting for the moment in which they can be recognized that this is a moment of greatness rather than recognizing that the moment of greatness is waiting for you to operate in the ordinary. The moment of greatness that you achieve or that you want or that you desire, so many times it's, it's going to be waiting in, uh, for you to foundationally build a principle upon principle for you to say, you know what, this is what I know to do, and I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to be faithful in doing what God's called me to do. But I'm not going to not dream. I'm not going to be someone who does not dream bigger and better. You hear what I'm saying? Some people might say, well, pastor, I thought we were supposed to be content in all things. I'm not talking about coveting. I'm not talking about you being dissatisfied. I'm talking about that the, the God I serve, all right, is always wanting to improve things for me. Amen? He's always wanting to make things better. His, his company, his, his relationship with me makes things better. But he says this. He says, I'm going to stand at my guard post, verse, and then uh, continue on, verse number one. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my, oh, my what? My complaint. My complaint. You mean it's okay to, to make our, 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 our frustrations known to God? How many of you ever had frustrations in life? Raise your hand. How many of you ever been frustrated with God before? Raise your hand. Come on, you don't want to get struck, all right? This is this house, all right? All right. Tell the truth, all right? We, we've been frustrated with God. We've been upset because things haven't turned out the way in which we wanted them to, the way in which we thought. And here is his servant, and he says, how he will answer. I wait to see how the Lord will, what he will say, and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, this is the solution to your complaint. This is the solution to your situation. How about you? Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to other. Another version says, write down this vision on the tablets. And, and in verse 3, he says, this vision is for a future time, and it describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely, say surely, not talking about a girl, all right? Surely, all right. Surely it will take place. It will not be delayed. Amen? It will surely happen. It will surely take place. I think you're just like, Pastor, you don't know how long I've been praying for my loved ones. You don't know how long I've been praying to get outside of this job. You don't know how long I've been praying for my marriage to be healed. You don't know how long that it's been for that I've been praying for restoration in the sibling of mine or this workmate. You, you just don't know. I don't know. But I believe God is waiting for you to get to your ordinary post your place that you are guarding, that place to where you need to be ready to work and say, you know what, here I am, and I can be real with God, and I can make my complaint known to him. And he says, here is what it is. I'm going to give you a vision. I'm going to begin to show you something that can happen, that can take place, but you need to write it down because when you write it down, it's going to be reproducible. It can be given to other people who can carry it on to other places, and this message can be broadcast from place to place, and now a different can be made. Amen. 
He's saying, I want you to write it down, write it plainly. This vision is for a future time. I believe we're in that future time. I believe the Central Assembly of God, who is 95 years old this year, praise the Lord, amen. Come on, give yourselves a hand. Sylvia, we're a little older, okay? There we go. <laughs> she said, what did I say? All right. We got some 90-year-olds here, right? This church is five years older than, than some of those that have just turned 90. Some people would be satisfied with just patting ourselves on the back and saying, we made it. We're going to turn on. What an accomplishment. A hundred years old in five years. I mean, isn't that the goal to just be around in a hundred years after we start? Wasn't that your goal when you came out of your mama's womb just to be around a hundred years after it all began? 80 years, 70 years, whatever it was, what is your goal? What was your vision about what would happen in your life? How long it would last? What things you would accomplish? What things you would do? You see, without a vision, the people will perish. Without a revelation from God about what mission you're supposed to be on, you will find yourself walking through life frustrated, filled with all kinds of complaints, and the Lord's going to look at you and say, listen, how long are you going to continue to wander around grumping, gr gr being grumbling and complaining and kicking the dirt and such? How about you do this? How about you write down what I'm going to begin to show you? And you may not be experiencing it yet. This is for future, but I'm telling you what. He said he is the same today as he was yesterday. It might seem slow in coming, but wait patiently for surely it will take place. It will not be delayed. Listen, I can't give you a vision for your life. But God can. If you'll get at your post. God can. If you'll expect for him to work and operate through you in a greater way. Vision. According to definitions, a conscious, mental, and spiritual picture of a possibility of what we can become, why we need to take this journey, and how we are, are to attain the idea and concept. Vision is a conscious and mental, mental and spiritual picture of the possibilities. Some of you have believed some lies of the enemy. Some of us are afraid to go to our post because we feel like he never speaks to me there. Doesn't he know I don't want to be doing this? Doesn't he know I don't want to be in this situation? Doesn't he care? Oh, he does. He's waiting for you to say, Lord, I believe that you've got great things in store for me. For greater are you that's within me than he that's in the world. He wants to flow through us. He wants to operate through us. Listen, there is all kinds of, the, the Bible's filled with individuals who had revelations, who had visions. John the Revelator. Amen. The book of Revelation. Daniel had visions from God. Paul on the road to Damascus received a vision that changed his path, that took him from a murderer, amen, to a New Testament writer of the Gospels. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, a, a New Testament writer. We find him 
so transformed that the people around him was like, it's a joke. It's some type of a scam. You came out here in order to, to, to set a trap for us. You're going to tell us that you're actually on our side, and at just the right moment, then you're going to call out the guards, and we're all going to be taken captive. And people had to come to his defense and say, no, really, really, it happened. Well, how did this happen? Why did this happen? Because the man had a vision, and God showed him things. God opened up his eyes. He struck him blind. Isn't that interesting that he gives him a vision and then strikes him blind? Seems contradictory, but guess what? It's an indication that it's not with the physical eyes that he needed to see, amen? It's the spiritual things that you need to see. It's the things that need to be opened up in the spirit realm so that you can begin to experience things in the physical realm. Hear what Helen Keller said. Listen to it again. Think about it for a moment. What a shame it is for someone who is blind to not be able to see. Someone has vision and still has no sight. What a shame that we are just going through the motions when God's called us to be world changers. When God gives us a burden, something inside us begins to change. It consumes our thoughts. And every move we make should be dwelling, all right, upon that burden, about how we're going to get it done. But not in and up by ourselves. You heard at the very end of that particular motivational thing, he says, you are a creator. You're like, no, he's the creator. But he has put creative power in you because the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, lives in you. You're not a mini God, but you've got God living in you and wanting to flow through you. You've got the scripture verse that says that greater is he that's within me than he's in, in the world. And not only this, but greater things will you do because he goes to the right hand of the father. He's interceding for us. He says, I'm waiting for you, the people, to get a vision for how you can be used. Will you get to your station? Will you get to your place? Of appointment will you begin to serve me by serving others and expect that God will do something remarkable through you that's what he's waiting for I'm running out of time here we need folks we need a people of church who would get a desire to see souls saved not just at this altar but out there in the public square we need people who are so excited about seeing somebody who's got chaos happening in their life and is wanting to have a conversation with them without judgment and says, listen, I can see that things are very chaotic for you. I can see that you are highly stressed out. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you a story of, of, of what happened to me and how things changed for me when I quit being